Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Pastor Andy Addis. You plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. But Lord, when will your harvest come in? You're giving all you've got to give in the place where you've been sent. But will this labor make much difference in the end? Will no one ever know? Sometimes you feel so all alone. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town With a room of empty peers where his love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you sow But it just takes one willing soul to make him Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast, where we want to pour into, partner with, and pat on the back the Rural Pastor. What you do is important, and you aren't alone. We are so thankful for you. My name is Andy Addis, and I am the North American Mission Board's Rural Director. I'm with Danny Payne, the Director of Missions for Flint Hill Baptist Association, and we are wrapping up a four-session podcast series that's all about the spiritually healthy pastor. So here we are, the end of January, and uh, by this time, your resolution have already become history. <laughs> I'm hoping not. If, if you made some, feel free. Uh, but uh, but we want you to not only be uh, not only be successful and uh, to to be progressive in the things that you're accomplishing. But spiritual health is so important because if you can't teach it, if if you can't lead it uh, and model it, and that's where we are. So, Danny, welcome. And uh, I want to ask you a question. I'll give mine first again, give you a moment to think. But uh, when it comes to the final part of this, we've talked about the spiritual healthy pastors, heart, mind, soul, and now we're on strength. And this is that physical dimension. Uh, again, it's a word in the Greek when Jesus speaks this in Matthew, Matthew chapter 12, verses 29 and 30. Uh, the word for strength is not used very often. And most of the time, it's not about our strength. It's about the strength of him uh, with a capital H. So there's not a lot of context here, but we're going we're gonna to find a place to look at this. So here's the question. When were you in your prime? Like, I know you're 60, I'm 52, but for me, my prime was in 1989. It was April 13th from 11 to 11.30 a.m. And that was it. I had a half an hour in which things were good. <laughs> and it's all been downhill since then. My prime, uh, man, I'm 60. That was a long time ago. Um, you know, <laughs> it's funny because I, I think back to some times, you know, where I lost a bunch of weight and I felt really good. And mm. I was, I used to run with David Manor, which was like um, just a nightmare. He's a gazelle. And, yeah. Yeah. He would run with you and then he would go really run. That was nothing more humiliating than that, by the way. That's when he dropped you off day. and then he went for the real run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really like, I'm going to really run now. Now I'll actually start, you know. But, I, you know, probably um, probably in my early 20s, I was I was playing basketball a lot. And uh, I was 
exercising, I was lifting, and so I was certainly health-wise probably good then. And then here recently, back probably my about your age actually, I had you know had some heart issues and just really kind of dialed in on my my eating and dropped a bunch of weight and. And so I had some seasons of that for sure. Yeah, and we all struggle with it, especially because uh, there is a part of ministry that is sedentary. It's hard work. We're constantly there. But there's a lot of sitting and talking and eating with people and being at coffee shops. And uh, I guess that's not true for everybody. But by and large, I remember the very first – I was a youth pastor, uh, almost conscripted service, right? I went forward and said, I think God's calling me. And a week later, I was a youth pastor. That was a bad plan, by the way. Uh, But – I remember sitting down with my very first pastor and he said, well, if you're going to be in ministry, Andy, just know this, you got to get active somehow because ministry will make you fat. And I don't mean that word to make anybody upset because I've struggled with it ever since. He's always been right. He says that there's always food. There's always sit down meetings. There's long drives. There's all this. And you have to, he basically said, you have to take this in your hands and you have to deal with it because you need to take care of the body God's given you. Uh, and this ministry won't help you do that by itself. And that's where we are. We want to talk about this last part of this, the spiritually healthy pastor. Uh, part of it is the pastor's strength. Now, instead of one passage, I've got uh, about four different things that I want to share with you. Uh, and, and as we do this, um, I, I want you to, uh, we'll give you some scripture and then we'll, we'll make some comments as we go through. So with regard to pastor strength, let's look at 1 Corinthians 9.27. Paul says this, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I should uh, be, I should myself be disqualified. It's that discipline piece of this, right? It's that discipline piece that is very difficult because we're disciplined spiritually, we're disciplined in sermon prep, we're disciplined, but there has to be another part because the world is looking at all of our life and it's not about impressing them but it's about being a good steward of the body that god's given us and i'm currently a part of um, a health thing where i'm trying to get my uh, weight where i want it to be and be as healthy as i can and uh, they make you come up with a phrase that is going to be a driving phrase for you and for me it's based off of this and it's simply that i would physically depict what i spiritually project I talk about spiritual health all the time, but I want to physically depict that so that there's not a conflict in people's minds when they look at me. And it's kind of like a guy standing up there with a, a broken leg and you know a neck brace on and scars on his face, and he goes, "In the Lord, good." <laughs> well, yes, he is, but you're not really projecting that right now. And and I want to project that, and I think that that has to come through discipline. So here's the first thought, Danny, if you'd respond to this, how important is discipline? Uh, I mean, not, we know it's important to stay healthy, but how important is it, is it to use discipline to stay healthy if you're going to be in ministry? I, you know, I think Andy, when you think about long-term ministry, cause like you and I grew up, I mean, I've grown up in church. And so like, Every time you go to something, there's a meal, and uh, they don't they don't cook healthy at church meals. <laughs> they do not. I'm the, I mean, they they call them funeral casseroles for a reason. I mean, they're and so I think that there's this. <laughs> I just I, got I, I remember, that. Sorry, that took me a second to catch on to that. I, I <laughs> sorry, that's really. That. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you see when you see all those the food, like I mean, like when you have church potlucks, oh my word, it's it's insane. But my point is that. Guys learn everything you just said, but physically, if you're not taking care of yourself, 
you will not be able to do the long-term rigors of ministry if you're physically depleted, if you're physically not in some sign of, of health. And I think back on the guys that I've known, um, one of our good friends who passed away, he struggled with diabetes and weight. Mm-hmm. And those were the things that gobbled him up. Yeah, He was one of the most godly men I've ever known, but man, he struggled with those two things. They were always kind of, you know, at his door knocking. And, you know, if we don't get those things under, you know, under control, they control us. And I, I remember Andy, when I was a youth pastor, I was like, um, you know, as a as an older guy now, I can't eat like a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. I don't have the metabolism of a shrew, you know, where it's, <laughs> you burn it off in thirty <laughs> seconds. I mean, you know, and I, I took this role. I've been in this role two years, and um, one of my fellow counterparts, he said, um, "This role is like when you first get married. You have you put on that married weight, mm. and there's a director of missions married weight." <laughs> Like, cause, cause what you just said, you're constantly eating out your, your coffees, your whatever's. And I, I, um, I, I went in for my physical about three weeks ago, my yearly checkup. And I was like, I was dreading it because, you know, you eat and you're trying to, um, and I, it is so important. And I got to tell you on it to be really transparent, what's driving me at the age of 60 is have an 11 year old daughter mm. and I want to be as healthy for her Amen. and my wife as possible. Well, and not only that to, to be a good steward of your body, which is the temple, right? That's what scripture teaches to be a good example to the congregation uh, or to be there for your family, but to be that good example to the congregation, this gets into a little bit of the, the psychology of people and congregations. But I read this and I've been in one church long enough to prove that this is true uh, because I've been here for 21 years. And they say that the average age of a congregation generally spans 15 years on either side of the pastor. And I have watched our church in 21 years get just a little bit older because <laughs> like draws like. Uh, and and that's it's just a natural thing. And if you want to reach young families uh, and, and the energy that they have and the, the way, and it's not to say that, that everybody's worth reaching, but if you say, well, I want to reach these young families, well, you got moms and dads who are out there and they're going to games and they're trying to eat healthy and they're trying to do X, Y, and Z. Well, if you, you got to reflect that a little bit and, and part of good ministry is that we would establish when they see you out of shape, they don't see somebody who just enjoys sister Sally's good cooking. They see somebody who they may never say it out loud is not as disciplined as they are. And that means that we have some work to do. And I, I'm not meaning this to be offensive. I'm if, if this were video, you'd see I got work to do. Uh, but, but I am very cognizant of the fact that our physical representation right or wrong does speak. And part of what we do in ministry is we'll just be healthier. We'll be happier. We'll be more satisfied if we will use some discipline in, uh, in how we treat our bodies. So as we talk about the spiritually healthy pastor, the pastor's strength, here, here's another way. We're going to talk about discipline. We're going to talk about some very specific things. Here's the next one. Sabbath rest is a mandated rhythm. And one of the reasons that pastors age kind of like presidents, you've seen those videos or those pictures where they show somebody who went into office as president and then eight years later they look like they're 80 years older. Uh, pastors age that way as well is because we're disobedient. 
Jesus said in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. If you're not taking a weekly regular break and you say, well, I enjoy Sunday like everybody else. Listen, if you're running the show and you're preaching the message, I'm glad you're revived. I'm glad you enjoy God's presence. I'm glad you enjoy God's people, but that is not Sabbath rest. God said there has to be a time in which you cease activity and you just say la. You just rest. And part of that is carving that out. And if you're a covo, bivo, trivo, I know it's exceptionally hard, but the best that you can do to get a regular rhythm of Sabbath rest. Has that been important to you, Danny, over the years? And have you seen when you've neglected it, what it's done to you? You know, I really was, uh, we've talked about this over this series about, I was really disciplined about my, like my day off was Friday and it certainly had moments where you had funerals and somebody went in the hospital or an emergency here, there and yonder. But I was really committed to that time of refreshment of catching my breath and, and how valuable that was to me. And I've also seen guys that don't, they just go. And something that struck me, Andy, as I've thought about this is what you model is what is emulated amongst your staff and your church. If you're always going and going and and you don't, you can't tell your church to take a Sabbath when you're not. And if you're not, if you're not modeling it, they're not going to do it. They feel like I just need to keep on going. And that's so important for us to, to get it because it's a discipline, but it's also what, you know, that whole thing of what's, you know, more is caught than taught. Yep. And they, they catch what you do and what I do. So, yes. And and the reality is that even in working out, not that I'm a working out expert, but uh, I did uh, I did play football in high school, so that makes me something, right? Uh, that, that you have rest days. And the reason you have rest days is if you don't have rest days, then your muscles can't rebuild. The whole process of weightlifting and training and all this is you actually tear them down, and then they have to be built back, back up. And it spiritually... God apparently says it's the same thing, that you have to have these built-in rest days. And if you don't have that rest, you, you, are not, you are not participating in a discipline that God has given you to keep you healthy. And that is a physical and spiritual health that he has, he has given to us. And you think about this too, Andy, when you're, when you're taking care of the mental or the, the body like that, you're also preparing for endurance just for the life of ministry and life in general. And if, if you're not in a good spot, I mean, you just can't go as far in, in everything. But I think about, I just had the value of taking care of ourselves as we, as we, especially as we age is what it's modeled, but also just for the, you know, when we, when Paul says, you know, finish the race, Mm. can you, (laughs) That's right. you know, that's right. I mean, we, I want to finish, um, as long as it's NASCAR and we're putting, (laughs) we're sitting in the seat maybe, right? (laughs) I mean, it's, there's just so true. And I think I think about us in like whether, whatever exercise and just disciplines you're taking on. I started, I've got a beagle puppy and he loves to go out for walks. And we started last summer and where I live is very hilly. And I remember there was this lady that she's old enough to be my great grandmother. And I'm watching her walk up this hill. I'm thinking, man, if she can, I can. Mm. I mean, she's, and, and I remember thinking my pride got in the way and I'm going back up the hill that she was. And I'm thinking, um, I need to call somebody cause this ain't going good. <laughs> but, but fast forward about six months and, uh, 
I'm now walking five miles a day. Oh man. And as soon as we get, as soon as we get done here, um, I'll go home, grab my dog, put him on the leash, put my earbuds in and I will traverse. And I'm matter of fact, I'm, I'm almost now going to do the entire neighborhood. My goal is to get where I do the entire neighborhood. I don't know what that will be mileage wise, not really, but it, it just reminds me that where I started, I couldn't have done it, mm. but the persistence and the discipline has gotten me to a point where like, Hey, I'm, I'm making progress here. And let's just be honest. You're smoking that old lady right now, aren't you? You wait until she comes out and then you just pass her. I wouldn't, I don't want to confess that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened, what I actually do is I walk on the other side and I see her and she eyeballs me and we start going up that hill. I'm like, honey, you ain't got a chance now. And, and I'll tell you why. It's because my beagle is pulling me up the hill. So that's are why. you drafting off your dog? <laughs> you're drafting. That's what you're doing. Uh, I, if All that's right. what you call it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the pastor's strength. We need discipline. Uh, we need Sabbath rest. We've already talked about this a little. We're going to expand on it. Uh, we also need to uh, make sure that our appetites are in check. Philippians 3.19, their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and their, they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. Here's the truth. Gluttony is a sin even when you say grace, Right? Gluttony is a sin, even if you say, God, I love the Tim Hawkins video that's been out for several years. God bless this cheese stick. Turn it into a carrot stick on the way down. And it's just not, it's not going to happen. Uh, but gluttony is not just uh, eating too much. It It's also the kinds of appetites that we have. Uh, and uh, you can be gluttonous for what is the new thing that we do? We binge Netflix. People will watch a whole season in an evening of a show that was meant to be, it was actually meant to be watched for a half an hour a week. Um, and, and so we, 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 the show hoarders is, uh, is an example of gluttony, but it's a, it's a gluttony for stuff. Uh, and, and so I think we just need to be very careful, especially physically that, that we can become obsessive and even when it's something that we say God's grace over, it doesn't make it any better. You can ask God to bless that volcano chocolate cake at Chili's all day long. It's still going to be 1,700 calories a plate. I don't know if you know that's how much you're, that is. You're killing me, man. You're killing me. <laughs> no, I mean, you're spot on. <laughs> I mean, what we choose to eat, I, I mean, I go. I still go back to the things that I ate as a, as a young person. I can't I, – I can – get once in a blue moon, but I can't have a diet of that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't burn the calories like I used to and things have changed, but also just, I want to be in the role that I'm in. I want to be as healthy as possible. Amen. And like, you know, I, like I went out with some pastors today before our, our time together, Andy, and, and I just, it's so easy to go to this restaurant that we go to pretty frequently and it's like, oh man, they've got really good burgers and they got really mm. good chicken nuggets or they got whatever. No, I said, um, I'll do the salad with the grilled chicken and that's what I had for lunch. But something we've been talking about, it's, it's intentionality. Mm, that's it. That everything that's that we've it. talked about over this series doesn't happen unless there's some intentionality. Make some decisions and make it happen. Speaking of which, I need to correct something you just said because you said there's something called good nuggets. There, there's well, 
there is. It's called Jesus Chicken, Chick Fil A. Just check it out. Uh, well, only the grilled ones. Only I'm just telling you everything. Well, I guess I guess maybe there's some real stuff, but that pink ooze they put in those. I I get you off that habit real quick if I show you a couple YouTube videos. Don't don't steal my joy, don't man. Steal don't your steal your joy. joy. Gluttony is a sin, even if you say grace. Okay, so here's our model so far. Discipline and model is modeling is needed. Sabbath rest is a mandated rhythm. Gluttony is a sin, even when you say grace. And here's the last one. It comes from 1 Timothy 4, 8. And I'm going to take a verse that we know, but I'm going to look at it a little differently. It says, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. We love that verse. But it does say that exercise does have value, right? We always like to say, well, it has some value, but spiritual health is the most. And it is, it is. But don't miss the beginning. It says what? For while the bodily training is of some value, guess what? Exercise does have some value. And so when you're sedentary, when you're when you're sitting in sermon production, when you're meeting with people uh, in their homes on the couch and you spend so much time doing that, um, it is good to have a plan to keep the body in motion. What what is the one of the is it the law of thermodynamics? Some an object that's in motion stays in motion. I don't know if that's the right scientific expression. It's a physics thing. Something like yeah. that, right? But but if we want to stay in motion, we have to be in motion. And um Part of that is exercise. Now, don't be, especially, I'm 52, you're older than that. And uh, in that process, we don't need to go back to playing basketball like we did when we were in our 20s. That would be dangerous. The basketball days are over. Yeah, that would be dangerous. You're talking about walking dogs. Uh, what I do now is I love the elliptical. And if I'm going to watch some uh, some Rot Your Brain TV, that's where I'll do that. I've got to pay for it one way or another. I'm not going to just sit on the couch and do that. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and we do things that the doctor tells us that we can do, but we're going to stay active. And again, it's intentional. And we don't write it off, even though spiritual things are so much more important. It says right there in the word, as he spoke to Timothy, bodily training is of some value. And that means that it's okay to plan that in as a part of your um, part of your daily expression, however you do that. I would say this. The reason I want to bring this up as the, the concluding element here is that I think that one thing pastors can do, both Sabbath rest, both uh, date nights for your spouse, both uh, exercise, any of these things, is put them on your calendar when they're best for you, and that's where they go. And when somebody says, hey, I would like to meet with you then, you in your mind you're going to go like, well, I can move that. That's just for me. Don't. Don't. They they can meet at another time. It may have to be pushed back a little bit. But you say, nope, I, I ha- already have an appointment there because you do. And then you can be intentional and disciplined about that very thing. Because exercise, even exercise, has some value. It does. And, I, you know, it's funny because after I've been doing this now for several months, it just, it's, it's just been, I just feel better. Mm-hmm. And I know that we all know that, but it's tied, Andy, to everything else that I'm, I, I find valuable in my spiritual life. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm really committed to my time in the word. And the other thing in my exercising is with a dog walking that I can, I can give thanks to the Lord for just being able to do that or giving thanks for the beauty of a sunset coming up here or whatever, but it's just that kind of stuff that happens. And then, you know, like I went in, had the physical, they did all the blood work and I was, I was expecting him. We're going to have to do this. You need to stop doing that. And he did tell me, he goes, look, you're, you're right at the close, you know, you're at that age and your body index stuff because you know, you could drop a few pounds. I'm like, okay, 
And, but I was like, I'm already on that. And, but I think it's just that intentionality of, Mm. um, and then the health thing just really, like if you're physically not in a good spot, man, ministry isn't going to help you. You're going to get, I mean, ministry is hard. We all know that. If you're uncomfortable in your own skin, it makes everything else worse. There's something about just taking care of yourself spiritually, physically, emotionally, all these things that we've been talking about, the spiritually healthy pastor. If you'll take care of yourself, it actually has a measurable impact on everything else. Good things are gooder, <laughs> bad things are better. And and if we will take care of ourselves, we're actually in a race. Again, going back to 1 Corinthians 9.27, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. We know the rest of that passage, that I don't beat as one who beats the air, that I run with diligence. I'm going to win that race, and that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to be in it to win it. Amen, brother? Amen. Let me say this one last thing, Andy. Yeah. We talked about this early on in this series. Man, if you're like, oh, I, I need to do some things, grab somebody else and do it with them. That's Get somebody good. else who's already doing it. Yeah. Because they will help you go a little further than maybe you would have gone. Yeah. Like I remember joking, talking with you about my our friend David. When I used to run with him, uh, he would slow down so that I could run because he knew yeah. that I couldn't run at his pace. But I ran further with him than I would have without him. Yes. And I think that that, that has spiritual analogy, not only physically, but spiritually, emotionally, across the board. There's no reason to do this stuff alone, guys. Yeah. And I believe a hundred percent that what you're saying is true. And it's a discipleship thing as well. It's, it's something that will, um, will, will cross that line as a spiritual impact. But I love what you said, David slowed down. So are you 20 and 30 year olds doing CrossFit stuff? If you invite guys like Danny and I out, don't you dare do it to kill us. You know what I mean? You, you, you're not pushing your limits to see what you, you love on those guys who have not uh, had that same. Uh, I've never been in shape. That's why I was joking. My prime, I, I had a pot belly in high school. You know what I mean? Even playing football and basketball and all that. It, it doesn't come easy to everybody, but it, it's not an excuse for anybody to not try and stay in the spot that you're supposed to be. So, man, what what a good word, Danny. Thank you so much for that. It's been a privilege. These, these first four episodes of 2024 on the Spiritually Healthy Pastor. If you're just tuning into this one, go back to ruralpastorpodcast.com. Check out the others and get caught up. Now, next week, we uh, start something brand new, a new part of the journey. What we're going to be looking at is uh, the model uh, of marriage and modeling marriage as, uh, as pastors, as spiritual leaders. How do we do that? We, we may even see if we can sneak our wives in on a couple of those episodes. That would be a lot of fun. But we're looking forward to it. And Danny, thanks once again for being a part of this. I hope we're a blessing to each and every one of you because we're blessed by you. Many blessings. See you again soon on the Rural Pastor Podcast. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town With a room of empty peers where his love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you sow But it just takes one willing soul to make it known Thank you for joining us on the Rural Pastor Podcast. Special thanks to Chosen Road for our incredible theme music and to 180 Digital for their corporate sponsorship and making all the technical things possible. 
Rural Church Leader, we want to remind you that your work is important, that you are important, and that you are not alone. See you again soon for another edition of the Rural Pastor Podcast.